is such a funny song. <laughs> you didn't talk to serious. Welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. We have music. Hey. This is Welcome to our edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. There we go. There it is. Alright, we so as you can see, it's our last show of 2018, and we're gonna have a lot, a lot of fun tonight. Um, uh, we're gonna go jump right in. All of you guys that are watching us, you get to see a little bit difference. We're dressed up. We'll go right with the person that's got the award for the best dress tonight, and just say hello to Mr. Tom. Hello there. How's it going? That's not first award. Okay. Have you got a trophy or anything? No, we'll save it now. We'll save it. We'll save it. All right. All right. Here we go. All right, guys. Anyone here to hear me? But let's just jump right in. Our question of the night. You know what you got yourself into, man. You know what you got yourself into. Hey, turn the music down, please. <laughs> Alright, there we go. Man, the production team got something going on. Alright, here we go. Now we can start. We jump in with the question as always. Big question of the night. Favorite memory from the Mexican Soccer Show 2018. How is the music playing? Is it going now? Is it done? <laughs> no, it's done. We okay. got it. Never play it again. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> it's finally over. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that was a Mexican sock show. We'll see you guys next year. What just happened? I'm so confused right now. <laughs> that was not part of the production. Thank at you, all. production team. You know, it's they get it's low budget, guys. Low budget. All right, here we go. Adriana left. <laughs> She's like, I'm just done with this. Uh, Adriana's <laughs> kind of gone. All right. <laughs> Back to the question. Big has <laughs> actually just gone. She's like, what am I what am I a part of? <laughs> Big question of the night. Favorite memory of the Mexican soccer show. All right. We'll start with uh Mr. Tom Marshall. What do you what's your favorite memory of the Mexican soccer show, sir? Uh this year. Yeah. Um I think that that song. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. Go somewhere else first. This is the only one I haven't planned for. I promise. Tom, you also didn't plan your outfit. That's the. I did. Just as an elf, because I don't have a black tie. <laughs> Before we start, I want to definitely let uh, all the viewers know that Amy is joining us today, and she has a special guest. And since it's our uh, award ceremony, the Andres Aguardado, she was able to bring in a special guest. If you don't know, Amy, she's a hardworking uh, mom. She's uh, doing so many jobs and days. And today we asked her to come along, even though one of, uh, her son, I think Jack, is uh, is there. So Other one. It's oh, Ollie. Sorry, it's Ollie. I just saw the back of the head. Ollie, you want to say hi? So say yeah. hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. There it is. Hello. That automatically became my favorite moment of 2018. <laughs> Amy, you're not the youngest on the show anymore. You got all of you. <laughs> but there you go. All right. So if you see Amy walking in and out, it sometimes mom mom duty and it, it calls. So we told her instead of missing the show because she uh take care of her little ones, they can come right in. So it's gonna be a fun show today. 
Uh, we'll say hi to Adriana, who left us after after the Jarabe Tapatio. She's like, I'm out. <laughs> like, this is over. It's madness. <laughs> it, it was it was just too much for my computer to take. It was like, no, no, wait. You got the music, and you got the ties, and you got everything. It's, it's just too much. I do. I want to say uh, thank you for uh, for dressing up. You got your tie on. Yes. Purple and black. There we go. Yeah, very, very Halloween-ish. <laughs> nice. And we're going to say hi to Mr. Cesar Hernandez. Cesar, who uh, went classy with no tie. And uh, nice little blazer there. You, you gotta find it's the like right a very balance. millennial thing. Yeah, exactly. You, you, got, you, you can't go like full on tie, but at the same time, you can't go full Tom Marshall looking like, you know, some, <laughs> some random All guy right, that we just invited you into the podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you think Tom Marshall looks like. And I, I, I have a couple characters from uh, the best dress. The Dave Chappelle Eminem? show. <laughs> it's the eight mile reference that somebody did on one of his tweets. Like a week ago, yep. it inspired him. There you go. There you go. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, guys, like I said, it's gonna be a very fun show. We're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be stuck with us for a while. Uh, we're gonna just, uh, we're gonna go and talk about, um, obviously, the finals that happened over the weekend. America on both sides, the women's and the men's team. We'll talk all about that. Uh, the reaction, guys, and we'll uh, then we're gonna jump into our Mexican soccer show, Andres Aguardados. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm like, what are you talking about? There is an award ceremony that we're giving out. 14 to 15 different uh, uh, categories that uh, you, the fans, voted over the weekend. We had some funny answers, but over 50 people voted, so we're uh, able to to uh, give the, the awards out uh, many different stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll jump in, and we'll have a lot, a lot of fun. Ali, say hello again. Say hi. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so, yeah, let's just jump right in. The final, guys, uh, Cruz Azul, it's it's like the heading. Cruz Azul loses it, but America deserves the win, the better of both legs, a team that has uh, had firepower all along, all throughout the year. Um, and we're uh, we're just kind of jumping right into to that final, and then we'll go into the women's final. So, uh, Tom, you were there at the game. You said already from the beginning it was a different type of atmosphere there at the, uh, the Estadio Azteca with, uh, you know, coming in. So tell us a little bit about the atmosphere going in, and then we'll just kind of jump in uh, regarding your thoughts on, on the win. No, yeah, it was, I mean, it was a, obviously a great atmosphere. Um, some complications in the way the tickets were distributed in the week, but, you know, when the day came, I don't know, it's, it's just when, I think when fans go to the stadium and it's the second leg and you know the tro- so one of the teams going to lift the trophy and, Obviously, you know, especially in this final, even more than most other finals, so much at stake. I mean, from the Club America side, you know, winning that number 13, um, you're playing against your city rival. And then, obviously, from Cruz Azul, I mean, it's just the the amount of, you know, anticipation for this game and for, for them potentially to win a title was incredible. And, you know, the, the shirts being sold outside saying Cruz Azul campeón and, and Club America campeón. No, it just showed how, you know, just... I don't know. Obviously, Cruz Azul fans were so desperate for this title, and when it didn't happen, um, you know, I saw I saw various Cruz Azul fans crying on the way out. Um, so yeah, an absolutely great atmosphere. Um, you know, I did see some friction. I did see a little bit of fighting. Um, I will say that, but I would I would say this. I mean, there was no there's no segregation in that final. So you have two teams from the same city playing for a final. Um, and, and I mean, you know, you look at what happened in the Copa Libertadores a couple of weeks ago where, you know, you're not even allowed to have away fans in, in the same stadium. Yeah. And you think that overall, this was a really, really good atmosphere and, you know, probably not the best game on the pitch. 
and just say, like, we can talk fair. about what actually happened on the pitch because that wasn't that that great. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the atmosphere was it. It, it was quality. Um, I would say, I don't know. I'd say probably a little bit less maybe than the Monterrey Tigres because I think that was the first time they've ever played each other in the final and. You know, that city is so passionate about the football. It's a smaller city, so I think it's more, it's, I don't know, it's kind of more intense in a way. But uh, but yeah, on, on the field, it, you know, it wasn't a great game. I mean, I thought Cruz Azul didn't show up. Um, you know, everything that they've done throughout the season, the intensity that they've shown, um, you know, to, to win the regular season and then and then to make the final. Um, you know, I, I don't think they came into the final really informed, but the, the I mean, with Cruz Azul, you're guaranteed that at least they're going to be solid and, you know, intense, and and I thought that, you know, they didn't show that, or if or they didn't show anything kind of going forward. You know, it was a weird decision to play um, Caruccio and and Caraglio, Caruccio, sorry, um, together. Uh, I thought it kind of, I don't know, it was just, it made them look stale, predictable, and the only ball they were trying was into the front player. You know, they weren't. There was no Alvarado to kind of drop back and kind of link. You know the the midfield to the to the attack and and the, and even the defence and um, I thought that you know they suffered because of that but I think Club America obviously you know this this the Club America team has been more time in the making I think it's I think it's kind of nearing its peak now whereas Cruz Azul really have only been put together this season um, I think Caixini said forty one percent of the forty two percent of the squad. Cruz Azul's squad were newcomers for this season. So, I don't know. I mean, there's different ways of looking at it. It'd be interesting to hear what everyone thinks. But, you know, there's one way saying that Cruz Azul froze, that, you know, they, they were terrible in that second leg, that, you know, they bottled it, basically. With the with the trophy within touching distance, they bottled it. Um, or that, you know, basically, you know, they came up against a really good Club America, that there's still work to do, you know, that this is only the beginning of a process. And, and you know, they're going to be around at the top of the league and fighting for, for titles for for a couple of years, um, you know that, that's I think the different ways of looking at Cruz Azul. I guess from my own perspective, though, as someone who wasn't really rooting for both sides, I was just pretty disappointed with what. Uh, I mean, I guess if you if you're rooting for for defenses to do well, then that was quite a good series. If you knew some of the backstories, that was also good as well. But I don't know for new Liga Mekis fans and new soccer fans, it wasn't exactly the most thrilling final to watch. Uh, I mean, I think, uh, as we mentioned, just uh, Gashinia obviously made things a little bit more difficult for Medica in that first leg. In the second leg, Medica stepped up a little bit, were a little bit more proactive. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was it was a little dumb for me to anticipate something a little bit more exciting. But I was I, I was a little let down by that uh, by that series. I was like genuinely as someone who I, I think maybe I was rude for Cruz Azul a little bit more just because you want that curse to go away, but. Uh, I think just looking at what happened on the field, I mean, yeah, you got to feel happy for, for someone like Edson Alvarez, who's really worthy of all that attention. It's just good to see him bounce back after the World Cup. And, but he was on Leah Keep's uh, worst 11 of the World Cup, but now he's uh, he's helping America uh, uh, win a title here. But uh, at the same time, I just when, when I'm thinking back to this final, I'm not, maybe it's because Grusso Sul didn't push away that curse and that I'm just full, uh, focusing on America. I mean, all that really what comes to mind for me is just, I don't know, how, how, a little how little disappointed that I was, yeah. other than those last, like, 30 or so minutes, or like last 45 minutes in that in that second leg. I think it just has to go um, back on expectations of 2013, right? And expectations of the number one versus number the number two. The Cruz Azul that we saw 
um, in, you know, getting the Liguilla and the semifinals. And I think it has to do with a lot of respect. And looking at that very first leg, um, when doing that prediction, I was like, there's not going to be that many score. You know, they want to they want to end it at, you know, in the last leg and just how careful Caicinho was. Um, I, he said it after the press conference, if there's anybody to blame, it's him. And Tom kind of mentioned it, right? It was almost, it was a 4-4-2 up there, but it felt like it was 4-4-1. Like they were missing a player. Those two guys up front weren't able to to communicate at all. Caicinho, uh, Cruz Azul stopped doing what Cruz Azul was doing all season. Yeah. And although they had that great defense, it was just, it, it, it was... I don't know if it was a lot of respect towards Piojo, which I was kind of surprised. But even Piojo, we knew that's what Piojo does also. It's not super all firepower. And it kind of took away what a final would be, expectating what, you know, of what happened in 2013 or yeah. the firepower that, that America had. I, I think Caixinha wanted to nullify America. You know, I think that, that, was the, that, was the, that was the plan because I think player for player, America is better in better. terms of talent. And I, thought, I think Caixinha is very much influenced by Mourinho. And you could see that in the first half. You could see this, that through the whole series, you know, that Mourinho influence. Let's get the, you know, the, the, the set pieces and working on kind of getting breaks like that. But, but, but I tell you what, with, with Herrera tactically, you know, we talked a lot during the Juan Carlos Osorio reign about players playing in different positions, about, you know, the defending the aerial ball. Well, Cruz Azul played very direct throughout this series. But look what Herrera did for the second leg. He put, in holding midfield, Guido Rodriguez, who's a big guy, good in the air, and then he slotted Edson Alvarez next to him. And I thought that, you know, that putting two two players that are good in the air ahead of, you know, Valdez and Aguilera, who are also really good in the air, it, it basically nullified completely Cruz Azul because they, they didn't have Alvarado who could kind of make plays happen. And so they were looking for that long ball over to Caraglio to kind of, with, him, with his back to goal and bring others in. But they completely couldn't do it. Um, they had absolutely nothing going forward, Cruz Azul. And I think, you know, we've talked about Miguel Herrera quite a lot, but we have to give him credit for, for how he's turned around kind of his career now. You know, since the national team, he's been amazing. He was very good at Tijuana, although maybe not in the playoffs. And then, you know, to come to Club America and to win the title again and to go, what, one loss in 22 games. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty phenomenal what Miguel Herrera's done. Um, you know, with with this Club America team, and and you know, let's be honest, this isn't a Club America that have done what you know in what in previous eras like the nineteen eighties, where they go out and they just spend loads of money and they bring in the best foreigners. I mean, they, they haven't actually gone out and bought massive, massive names. They've been very intelligent about the the transfer policy. That's not saying they've not spent anything either, but you know, and they brought through players like Edson Alvarez and Diego Linares. I mean, it, it's it's pretty impressive what Club America have done, and I'm sure we'll. We'll talk about the women's side as well, but I mean, what a weekend for 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 Las Aguilas! Exactly, Adriana. To you specifically, this mostly was a Cruz Azul that went to the Azteca, a Cruz Azul that was, you know, the, the top team, a Cruz Azul who, before we said this, theirs to lose. This is the season, the curse, and all that. <laughs> is it the same Cruz Azul though? Because although they already won a championship with the Copa MX, this is a team that's got a team that's got some players it's got to fix a few things it's got a coach that's got a, uh, a a whole different mentality it doesn't feel like that curse loss I'm not a Cruz Azul fan and I'm not an America fan but to me I was there going oh it's Cruz Azul again or of course Cruz Azul did it that Cruz Azul <laughs> it didn't feel like it like this is a different team I feel like that at least curse is out although it did happen but ultimately there's a lot of high hopes for Cruz Azul in the next season 
I think that everyone was kind of optimistic seeing as how they did during the regular season, but I think they were overly cautious in the final. I mean, I remember Pedro Caixinha going to the press conference on media day and just telling Miguel Herrera, I know how you're going to play and I know how I'm going to play. He was so confident about how he was going to come out for these two games and then his team didn't show it. It was just a different Cruz Azul, yeah, very respectful to what he usually did during the season. But I think he overdid it. I think it wasn't um, a team that was taking advantage of Alvarado with his uh, with his youth and his speed and everything we saw during the regular season. Elias Hernandez, who came in as the, the most amazing reinforcement for the for Cruz Azul this season. Marcone with the terrible terrible mistake after after Jesus Corona gave him the ball. I think it was Cruz Azul just being overly cautious when which they didn't have to do um, the the rest of the season. Yeah. I think it was Lee. I mean, I don't like I think that's something they have to work on for next season. But still, I think it was that message that maybe Pedro Caixinha, as Tom said, he was trying to build it up piece by piece and they overdid it. I think they had to be a bit more aggressive. I think they had to risk a bit more. And then Miguel Herrera just outdid him. I, I think Edson Alvarez playing as a defensive midfielder was, was great. We saw him with both goals and it was just a way to win Caixinha at his own game. Amy, I go to you regarding the star status of Diego Lainez and Edson Alvarez, who um, not only Diego Lainez with 18 years old and playing at the final, but contributing to the final because I, don't, I think he had a, a shot before that was blocked and just, um, although he was subbed up, just an excellent game. But uh, you saw him crying. You saw Edson Alvarez and what he's doing. The youngsters that we have towards there, I mean, to you, this America team, the best Liga Emekis, but also with the youngsters coming in. And then now, obviously, the Diego Linus news, right? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, when he, I saw him, when I saw Diego Linus crying, and then when I saw Edson Alvarez just being so happy, I tweeted it out. That's exactly what I thought of. I thought of him, like, after the Sweden match, so incredibly sad. Like, I could, I still have that memory in my head, just completely sad, just completely devastated by what he had done or he thought was basically like his fault and for him to essentially redeem himself today or yesterday and end his 2018 that way I thought it was really I thought it was great I thought uh I, th- I actually thought not to discredit Edson I thought Cruz Azul was like just caught sleeping on that second goal like they I don't know what they were thinking they just just kind of just stopped defending and then Edson was there to to finish off that play but um, you know, I just thought it was—I just thought it was great to see him. I thought it was great to see Lainez get the starts and then kind of show that he deserved those starts. And as an America fan, I am very, very happy that they won. Really quick, but we'll go into that back in the. We'll talk. I thought this was a uh, partisan show. Parts. I, only I can sh- share. I mean, I, I'm a Lemo fan, though, but, you know, it's... it's Tom it's, it's, is okay. a Man City fan. Adriana <laughs> is a Medica fan. <laughs> I'm um, a fan. Okay. Tom, Oribe Peralta, uh, I gave him half of that goal. And it's like, that's the Oribe that we know. That's the Oribe that, that we saw, for example, in the Olympics when he when when he took that ball and, and he fought off it. It didn't surprise you. But at the same time, it, it's like that, that play just embodies of, of what Rio Peralta is. Always focused, ready to give 100%, coming out there and and, uh, and giving that energy. And then just, I mean, that's the vision that someone does that's played in a final before that has that has played so much in that game, looking for that. For, for that. And then obviously Edson get it off. And then also, yeah. I also want to hear, and actually I'll go to Cesar about, about, about the mistake, but to you, Rio Peralta kind of finishing off a season, it could be his last game. 
or ultimately he is. Sorry, Tom. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, just with with just with Peralta, th- those are the kind of like little sprints to tackle to win the ball back that you can do, you know, fifty times and and you won't nothing will happen. You know what I mean? The the player will just pass it sideways and nothing will happen. But that one time you nick the ball and and you you know it falls to to your teammate and and it's a goal. I mean that's that that is Oribe Peralta. That's what he gives you, and not just personally, but I think it rubs off on, on people around him as well. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, think that, I think that like that little movement there from like Oribe like taking the ball. I mean, I think that just that was like a perfect little example of how America was a little bit more proactive than Cruz Azul in this match. You know, and I yeah. think that that was a kind of like a perfect little embodiment of that. Edson Alvarez obviously uh, with a with a perfectly timed uh, shot there, but. But I think that that was, I think if you're looking for like something that really signified what that match was there, or at least in the, the second uh, leg, not the first leg, I think it was that little moment there, that little mistake from Corona, maybe even take, making a little mistake there by passing it to Marcona, Marcona losing the ball, and just America being more proactive. I think because that, mm-hmm. I, I think if something stands out to me from that second leg, it's just America taking more risks than, uh, than Cruz Azul and Thanks to that, and thanks to Edson Alvarez having an incredible game. Because let's also not forget that he had a very good defensive game too, with his interceptions. And thanks to that, they uh, they're the ones who are now lifting the title. And, and you see that it it was like I honestly said this could be like four zero if it wasn't for Corona's like blocking. Like it was at one point, and and we saw that's what happened let's say against Pumas, right? I'm mean, not not comparing them, but there's that firepower that that uh, America had and Cruz Azul being the best defense it wasn't showing it because even before the goal was was a run by the Olinas and then after the goal which I think it's mostly uh, Corona's fault you know even to throw it in there I mean you would have to be it, it must have been such a precise pass and then the and then have so much confidence that your player is just gonna you know with Oriya Peralta with two players in front of him is gonna try to go around um, and I guess yeah the awareness is something but uh, after that, there was you know uh, two other opportunities. I think people were just tweeting how America shouldn't let these opportunities go. Uh, that's what everybody was saying. Um, so yeah. it, it we saw that that's come that, that it comes around. So America lifting the trophy. Uh, Piojo, uh, you know, saying that they, you know they've been working. He's not going anywhere. He's still got a year and a half in his contract. Um, uh, I tweeted out he should go to he, he should you know go somewhere else and 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 go to Europe. I think somebody Can said you imagine you know, Yoko, <laughs> like just like, showing up to La Liga somewhere. Imagine him like it like oh. he was doing. Like, do you remember there was an online petition after Brazil to actually get him to coach? I think it was in England or England. something. Yeah, no, it was an yeah. international team. It was like a, it was like a. Oh yeah, a, it was an international team. Like why? Like, twenty reasons. Piojo. No, twenty reasons why Piojo would be the perfect manager. Number one, and then he would. Just like, <laughs> we like start our GoFundMe. Like we'll tell like some like it could be like a championship side and be like no 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 like like there are millions of Mexican Americans who actually help pay for his salary just to see how this <laughs> yeah. like pans out. Like we'll give you. We'll all. Like, well, there is a. Five dollars <laughs> just to see how this goes. Well, there is a rumor since the Klaus joined LA Galaxy that supposedly he's like of interest with LA Galaxy, and LA Galaxy fans are like kind of on the fence right now. There's some people that like literally like I need him to coach the LA Galaxy, and then there's other people like no, like it's not. oh my god, Piojo coaching Zlatan. Oh my god, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. I was like, oh, like, I can't like see him in LA all the time. But, but that's but that's the crazy thing about about Piojo, and we've talked about it a lot on this show. Is just that like if you don't follow Mexican soccer closely, you're just like, oh, wow, he's this crazy guy. He's just like crazy, insane character, yelling at people, getting arguments. And that that is still true. But underneath all that, he's 
made some really serious improvements since being fired from the Mexican national team. Tom talked about Tijuana <laughs> there. Like I was really impressed by what he did with Tijuana. Yeah, hmm. he uh, off the field he was a little bit weird. He like got suspended once for a match. He decided to like run around the stadium and like fans thought like they were loving all that. And once got thrown out of a game and he like sat with the fans, got an argument with the fan. And then like even so after the first leg, he was like arguing with the refs and Gaishina was the one who like pulled him away and like had to like calm him down. Gaishina could have been like, oh, you yeah. know what? You get yourself in trouble, man. This is gonna help me in the second leg. But Gaishina was the one who calmed down and pulled him away. So you still you still get that part of Bioko, but underneath all that, he's he's made some serious improvements <laughs> since uh since his, uh, well, he didn't hit anybody. He hasn't hit anybody for a while. So that's, that's, already, uh, that's already an improvement. I was actually kind of cool to see Caicinha and Piojo, like, so buddy-buddy, you know, during the game and, and kind of like, hey, calm down. And at, after the game, like, there's no yeah. drama. And then one thing I want to come up with is that we're not – no one is talking about – and I haven't seen this much. No one's talking about the refs, and no one's talking about VAR for this final. Which, you know, it's like, oh, we have most horrible refs. Oh, we, you know, this final. It was, it was not an eventful, for example, where there's drama on this type of final. We, everyone's, it's Cruz Azul. But there wasn't anything controversial where, oh, the refs always, you know, favor, you know, Televisa, which is, you know, America. Or it's always It, about it was such a that. poor game. Like, for 135 <laughs> minutes, there was nothing to, like. There were, like, in, the, in the first <laughs> thing, there was a couple penalties. No? There, was a, there was a couple penalties and I think a handball that wasn't called. Yeah, the, um, on yeah, the first leg, but it wasn't one, like yeah, anything anybody leg, yeah. was like, "Oh, you robbed us." We had Granted, like, there are no Cruz Azul fans yeah. out there crying. I think we even it. forgot that we had VAR. I mean, it was like, "Oh yeah, we have VAR." It was like, yeah. I don't know, like light bulb moment. Like, oh, <laughs> that's yeah. a good thing that nobody was talking about. At least that that, that comes out. But we were also worried about like this is going to go to penalty kicks. I mean, no one's doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted Chuy Corona to score in like the 90th minute to like. Make we, I, we were all secretly rooting for that. I, I think even America fans were kind of waiting on it. Yeah, America yeah. are so bored. They're like, "What if this Cruz score so we can have some type of excitement?" Yeah, I actually thought that America fans weren't uh, as excited as I thought they would be. I mean, they re- they were like, "Yeah, we won," but it was just like like it was such a boring game. I mean, for like 135 minutes, it was just. I, I don't even think they enjoyed it as much. I think they would have liked even Cruz Azul to score a goal to, to kind of get close, um, to actually see some danger like against Agustin Marchesin. They didn't see any, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we won. Okay, thirteenth championship." All the Americanistas come out on Facebook, and all your family friends just show you their Americanista tattoo. You know, like already <laughs> this morning is like, yeah, like I have, a, I have an uncle that took a picture of America, America tattoo club. <laughs> Did you guys see that the Cruz Azul players had like a star written on their hands and stuff? They had like like oh, a tattoo on their hands. Did you guys see that? Oh, you had Caixinha and they had like yeah, like on the palm of their hands, like on this side, they had like a star and like I I I didn't see Caixinhas closely, but it looked like a Q. I thought it was it would be a nine because of the championships, but it was like a Q. Well, so that was like that odd. Accident. Yeah, you can look up for for the pictures. You can see them on I think online. All right, uh, let's switch gear. And we'll, uh, obviously, we'll be talking a little bit more during our awards ceremony um, on, on uh, you know, especially about the championship, Liga Mekis, about the year. But I want to switch, switch gears to another. I mean, America having a great, great uh, weekend. Uh, it was the obviously the men's final. They, they won the championship. The women's, I think, wasn't it a sub-20 or sub-17 also won? Um, the U17 the team won. Yeah, yeah. I, I would just like to say that the only team that didn't win championship for America was the U20 team because that championship was won by, won by Chivas. So, yeah, America, we still somehow avoided you'd have like the perfect semester. 
Why, why are you bringing this up? Let's take a guess as to which team Adriana supports. <laughs> Uh, well, I, one of the questions was, where you know, what what does everybody root for? We all know uh, we still root for for Leon, so you, you know you can disclose it. We're not going to force anybody to disclose what team they root for. Um, all right, uh, the on the women's side, which is again history's made that you know Granada Cuellar was um, was looking for that first win for America Tigres, who um, from what I've known from you know listening to the, to the podcast or our football podcast by these ladies you know was the heavy favorite uh 50 some thousand fans at the uh in Nuevo Leon which was a really cool statistic over the weekend and um it still holds a record it's like out of the 10 matches like six or five of them i think are uh women's matches um as far as attendance in the world in women's games so that just kind of had me thinking um of how cool would it be if just the world's turning on what Mexico's doing, especially as far as attendance, as far as what the league is doing? I know it's it's two years old, and hopefully we get in them. But for some reason, and, and actually, I'll I'll I'll, I'll divert my comments a little later. But so let's talk about the final. Um, to you guys, Adriana and Amy, how you saw it, the history that was there. Now it's starting to get a little bit of rivalry, at least as far as institutions between. <laughs> America now and kind of looking forward to what they're going to do for next year. So I'll let you guys take it and what you guys saw. Well, yeah, we talked about this on the our football podcast. Um, Tigres was not favored. It was just like the only team to, that we could actually think could win the, the, the championship. I mean, they haven't, they didn't lose a single match in the entire season, like regular season and Liguilla. They have really good players. They have national team players. They have Nayeli Rangel, who they brought in from Spain for the first season. They have Greta Espinosa, who used to play uh, at Levante with Charlene Corral. They have Cristina Ferral, who they brought in from yeah. France. Um, uh, Alison Gonzalez was, was one of the U17 team players. Um, she was the leading goal scorer for the league, like for uh, for about half of the season with seven or eight goals. So it was a really, really um, strong team. It was odd to see America actually beating them uh, at the first leg to zero, and it was actually two mistakes by America with the younger players, unfortunately, that made uh, Tigres tie the first game. And then the second game, yeah, we had. Um, all the all the all the things that we didn't see with with the referees and in, in the men's final, those happened in the women's final. That, that's where everything was going on. Um, but still, it was great to see them go to penalty kicks and America, despite having to fight off eleven Tigres players and forty two thousand people at the Estadio Universitario, made it through. I think it's an advancement for the league to actually see um, a third team to be a champion. I, I thought I thought Tigres was going to win, to be honest. But I, I really like the fact that America is the, the champion after three seasons because Leonardo Cuellar came in. They took the project seriously, and it just shows that um, the teams that are actually investing in women's soccer are seeing the results a year, uh, semester after semester. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I mean, I said it from the very beginning. I thought Tigres was going to win it, like not not without some trouble, but pretty easily. I didn't think that they were going to have that much of a, of a hassle winning it. And when America scored the first two goals in the first leg, I was like – Oh, okay. Like that's different. I also just wanted them to have a good game at the Estadio Azteca. So for me, it was like a positive. But then when they started making those errors and Tigres was capitalizing on them and, you know, Lisbeth Ovalle scored the goal, I was like, okay, yeah, this is where, you know, this is, this is how it's supposed to go. This is how it's going to get interesting. Let's go into the second leg and let's see how Tigres does at home. I thought they were going to be, you know, I thought they were going to be motivated. I thought they were going to see their errors and they were going to, you know, come out strong, which they kind of did. I thought Lisbeth Ovalle was still making America's defense work a little bit, um, a little bit when she was, when she was going and attacking in the second leg, but then America just came and scored and 
I'm I'm happy either way. Like I said, I was happy either way because like you get you either were gonna get a, a two-peat or you were gonna get a new one. But for America to come win and then you know I, as the visiting team, I thought was I thought was pretty cool. I was really surprised, obviously, to see Tigres lose, but I thought America did a great job. That obviously Cecilia Santiago was just an amazing goalkeeper. I thought she did incredible to you know end up basically uh, winning it for her team. So. I think I think it was great for America to win um, from the women's side, and then for the men's to go to men's to win too. And I think it'll I don't know it'll just be a good moment for Mexican football and for the women and the men to just ha- like kind of have this joint celebration and see where it goes for the women's side. Yeah, yeah. it was really cool to see the men's celebrating. Um, you know, they're in the women's, and I think it was oh yeah, in yeah. That room that was just yeah. it was awesome because it you got to say you know there's the support and then from support, you know, to give them the support. Okay, yeah, we're there. It's our institution. But seeing Oni Peraza jumping around and, you know, kind of saying that, like, they're really, really genuinely um, happy for, for for the women's on their side. Like, now it's more of a proud part. Like, look, look what we're doing as an institution of America. Yeah. And it gives the, it gives fans, right, of being a part of it. When I, when I start seeing, granted that the barras are, are negative most of the time and the violence on that, but kind of seeing that at the women's game and then even, in, you know, in, in, uh, at Tigres in their stadium and just the support that's there, people are coming and saying, these are our players. And, uh, and you know, if we start if we start seeing fights at women's, like for the, for the you know, bleeding for the shirt, for the shirt like they do it. Like, I know <laughs> let's, it's let's not take it that far. Yeah, don't take it that far. But I think I, I, I kind of see what he's trying to say, like almost. And I said this on the podcast and I I want to look, look for a different word, but I don't know how to say it. But almost like like normal, like a normal game. It, it's yeah. not specifically a yeah. women's game. It's a normal yeah. game where things are going to happen. You know, I said that for the America game for the for the first like at the Azteca, you know, when America scored, you saw them cheering and you saw everybody getting hyped up as if it was a regular men's game or a regular men's final. And I saw that as a positive. I saw that like, this is, this is going to go somewhere positive, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I got, I got a message on Twitter, a direct message from a Swedish journalist yesterday and basically saying, what's going on in the women's game? Can you forward me any articles? Because, you know, it's attracting attention, you know, 42,000, you know, 51,000 last season for the final in Monterrey. I mean, th- this is the thing that, all around the world, people looking at Mexico and thinking, what is going on? People want an explanation. I mean, I think one thing they've done one real what one thing they've done right, and one thing that I think other leagues can can copy and and, and are doing in some instances, but the Mexico has done particularly well um, is the fact that they're linked with the men's teams. You know what I mean? So so like you, like we were saying yeah. there, you had the America men's team celebrating the women's victory, but also from a fan point of view, I mean, you've got that you've got that sense of pride. You know, you look at Tigres and the investment that Tigres have put in, and you look at the fans responding to the shirt. You know what I mean? And and they don't care if it's a men's or women's game. You know, they want their institution to. They've been brought up with an institution, and they want their institution to win. Um, and I think that's that's one of the fundamental reasons why that you know th- these these teams have been been able to to, to garner support. Um, you know, the, the Liga MX, the Mexican Federation, do a lot of things wrong. You know, we we talk about it quite a lot. But, I mean, what they've done with the Liga MX Femenil is, for me, by far the best thing that has happened in the Mexican game for years, you know. And and there are so many positive signs now. I mean, it, it does feel like now it's not going any, not going anywhere. 
because it, right at the start it was like I don't know it was it was difficult you know there were there were there were certain stories going out that were negative but and it felt like it wasn't secure but I think what we've seen in 2018 is that it's been um, you know it's been it's, it's secure. And, you know, I just wanted to bring up one of the players, uh, Nalia Vidrio, who's Manuel Vidrio's daughter. She's only like 15 or something, plays for Pachuca. On Instagram, 363,000 followers. And, I mean, I'm not saying, oh, yeah, she's an Instagram star or whatever, but this is the, those are the type of, you know, creating those kind of people when she, you know, in a few years, I mean, this is she's going to be a star. I mean, and she's not the only one, you know what I mean? There's so many of these, uh, you know, women professional athletes now that, they're going to be able to go out there and make the money and make the way, you know, within the game. And I think, you know, that the, the Liga MX Femenile is the platform for those kind of young Mexican girls, you know? Yeah, I think that was good to bring up, like, I mean, just like, you forget how, how young these girls are, too. And just to be able to play, I mean, just even if it was just like a, a friendly at the Azteca with like no one there, that would still be like a huge, huge, huge moment for so many professional soccer players to, to think <laughs> that at that age, with those in a league that's that young with that many fans there. I mean, just, just the mentality of that. I'm just extremely impressed by these girls who are doing at that age. There's no, there's no, there's no way you can replicate what those, what the Tigres and what the America players went through over that final. There's nothing you can do. There's no, there's no training you can do. There's nothing you can do. That penalty shootout, the pressure that's on you, you know, the fans behind the pitch, there's only really world cups where, where you get that kind of intense pressure. And, and these, these Mexican players are they're experiencing it, and and when they do go, it's like going back to the Edson Alvarez thing, where you know you pick up these bad experiences and you learn from them and you grow. Um, and I think in in for the future of the Mexican women's game, it's I mean these experiences are absolutely invaluable, just unbelievable for to, to, for for these players to have in yeah. in, the, in the locker. In my father, yeah, and- I, I think you got to give even more credit to a side like America because I mean imagine they had the two nothing lead in the first leg and then. They allow those two goals. They scored the first goal of the second leg, and then they allowed the equalizer. And to like have that, like once again, so the mentality just to the pressure of everyone around you to begin with, and to like to be to have the lead in both legs, and to have to bounce back, and to also have to do well at the penalties. I mean, that I mean, that's just extremely, extremely impressive. It's extremely impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and going back to what Tom was saying about, you know, one thing that they definitely got right, and I've talked about it with a lot of people, is, you know, keeping the jersey the same or keeping the team name the exact same thing. I saw some people, and I, I it might just be, you know, because of, of the exposure and the hype that's surrounding it because it's America and they got – but a lot of people were talking about the fact that the NWSL, you know, still separates the teams in that way. They, you know, you have different names and different – and um you know, just different kind of feeling between the two teams. And it's a long way, in my opinion, it's a long way before, you know, the women's national team, you know, gets to the same level as the U.S. women's national team. But when you say things like positive investments like this happening, it makes it like, it makes it like, it might, it might be a long ways away, but it's not as, it's not as far away as we think it is when you have positive steps for the women's Mexican league going like this. Well, it all comes down to uh, more women, more girls, more young girls getting the opportunity to play and getting uh, the opportunity to experience things like the, the final. And that's what's happening. I mean, the reason why the women's on the national, on the U.S. side are the best in the world is because they've been playing soccer since the 70s and 80s and 90s in college. Um, you know, and what happened, and that's where the best women's college was playing in the 80s or 90s. And, and you have those, those uh, you know, those, those 
coaches that are playing and you give them that. I mean, we celebrate when with those players. And I'm thinking, can you imagine if Liga Emekis, um, Feminine, all of a sudden, you know, they, in the next two years, I know they're going to, obviously, they open the doors for, you know, if it's Mexican-Americans. And then two years from now, they start putting money in and they get the best women players playing in that league. You know, if you think about what's the best women's league, you know, think about Europe. Well, why couldn't it be something like the Liga MX Feminine attracting U.S. players that don't want to go across the pond and maybe going into these institutions where they're going to play 50,000 people in a final and having the best, you know, those those type of players. It would bring, obviously, competitions. And I know extranjeros will come into play and we're trying to make better. But as far as the league and saying that the Liga MX Feminine not only has the best crowds, but some of the best players in the world, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. I guess it's a big Agree. Thing. Also, coaches. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Also, coaches. Yeah, I mean, start there. you know, I imagine a couple of top top quality American Canadian coaches coming down. I don't know. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um. All right, guys. Well, America, congratulations, America fans. You can continue. Trece for you. Uh, one on the on the on the lady side, and uh, yes, this is another six months of America Nisa saying that they're the best team ever in the history. Well. Uh, you did at least you deserve it uh, for winning in this and and uh, you know you have that oh, oh, I already have uh, many people texting out we'll see uh, we're gonna switch gears um, into our award ceremony that we have yeah yeah, yeah. that uh, that we're all kind of dressed up this is the, the portion where you if you have a drink go ahead uh, here's go ahead. the issues I poured myself a drink for the show but I already I already finished it so <laughs> I got my, Sorry, I got my, my I got bad guys. Ready to go. So uh, <laughs> this is a 2014 beer from uh, from Brazil. It's it's still there in there since uh, almost six five years ago. It uh, looks but, like a Yahtzee cup or something. Yeah, it is. <laughs> totally, totally. We'll see that. This is from the Croatia Mexico match. So we got that. Um, and uh, yeah, this is something that we come we came up about two years and we took a break. We're like, you know what? Last year, it just it just didn't happen. We, we're bringing it back. So the the Andres Aguardados, thank you. Uh, credit to the name to Cesar for 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 that, and uh, because uh, it's 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 hilarious. But what it is is, uh, you know what? We're gonna have Amy. Amy, can you go ahead and explain what our, our what our awards how our awards ceremony is gonna go by today and what we have. Yes, so to start it off, we're gonna be the for all those that voted. Thank you so much. Most of you guys. Follow directions correctly. I'm so proud of you. There's a few people in there that thought they were funny. It's okay. You know, we have our moments. But we're going to start off with the Liga MX categories, and then we'll go ahead and get into the general Mexican soccer categories. Now, I'm the only one that knows the answers, so we cool. will introduce them, and then I just want to see everybody's reactions when you I You have so much power right now, Amy. Yes. Amy does have so much power because we might not know. What if all of a sudden it's like – Coach of the year, beautiful. Player of the year. I could very well just decide to do goalie of the year. You know, are you scratching out answers, Amy? I could no, no. I swear, I have tallies. I made, I made sure that I got these all. You can always demand a recount. By the way, guys, you have one. (laughs) uh, You can always. We like recounts over here in Mexico. Yeah. (laughs) All right. For some of you guys, it's gonna be a little odd when Amy wins midfielder of the year. That's. I'm a stri- I'm a striker now. I switched over about two years ago. So, all right, ladies, uh, ladies, and gentlemen that are on the chat, um, if you're not, if you're listening to us right now, get to the chat so we can hear, um, you know, uh, as far as your votes. So I know uh, Lou, El Dan, the man, Ivan, 
Chicken Biscuit, <laughs> um, <laughs> Francisco, English Company. Chicken Biscuit. Let's get a Chicken Biscuit. Let's get a Chicken Biscuit. Go ahead. Once we, uh, we we announce it, give us your prediction if you didn't vote. Right. And then, Amy, it'd be kind of funny to like tell us after the winner, you know, what kind of responses you got. Oh, my God. I am and so Even the funny response, because I'm sure you got some pretty funny responses that we have. So, I am so ready. David Goldman Laredo is, is also saying hello and uh, even saying the chicken biscuit is a legend. So we'll, we'll go ahead and start. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2018 Andres Aguilar is about to start with the very first category, the Liga MX category, right? We're going with Liga MX Primero? Yes. Offensive Player of the Year award, and uh, Offensive Player of the Year. Who do you, I mean? I, I don't know why, but I'm going with popular. I, th- I think people would want to go with like Diego Linus or something. What do you guys think? Roberto Alvarado, maybe. I know all the hype with Cruz Azul. Oh, so it wasn't the most when offensive the... player of the year. Okay. Yeah, Offensive Player of the Year. You got any guesses, guys? Well, it's, got, it's gonna be Guignac, isn't it? I've, I've got Dignac. Yeah, it's going to be Dignac. Yeah. I've got Forge. It's Forge. That's my vote. I've, I've got Dignac because well, he's got most goals. Um, and yeah, Everyone still... likes him, Tom. Say it. Everyone <laughs> likes him. Everyone loves Dignac. I'm going with the fans. I'm so... All right. <laughs> but but to be fair, to be fair to, you know, with Cesar, with Forge, if you, you know, you combine the, the goals and assists throughout the whole, the whole, the, the whole year, Forge is number, Forge is number one. With 29. And he also has a championship this year in the league. So. Oh, so yeah. This is who we think should be, not necessarily with the fans or anything. So those are two different answers. <laughs> I'd, I'd still, right. if, you, if you were to say, give me one, you know, attacking player in this league, which one do you want, you know, for one season, not as a, a kind of development Gignac. project for kind of two, three years. Gignac. I'd say, give me Gignac. Yeah. He's yeah. almost yeah. a guarantee. Caraglio. Caraglio. <laughs> Henry Martin. Okay, you, know what? you know, Oria Peralta. Give me one of those Atlas strikers. One of those injured say, ones. Can we ring a bell every time shade is thrown? Can we just ring a bell? <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I might cry, but I, I want Boselli. <laughs> what, what a break call that was. I couldn't understand it, me. I can't believe I that follow. Okay, are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Yes. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Okay, for Liga MX Offensive Player of the Year, we have Jinak. This must be Forge. Forge was second. Forge had Forge had the second most votes, followed by Diego Lainez. We had a Bocelli shout out in there. Pizarro, Marez, and Elias. Oh, also wow, Pizarro got a shout out. Oh, oh no. Hey, sorry, sorry, sorry. Production team, we don't need more music. Okay, bring it back. All right, the second one Liga Amekis, Defender of the Year. All right, Defender of the Year, what do you guys think? Bruno Valdez. Pablo Aguilar. Yeah. Pablo. Yeah, Pablo I'm going to go with Pablo. Mr. Although, Mr. you know, Bruno Valdez as well, let's say, from America, has had a really, Cato really Dominguez. good season. Hey, Cato Dominguez. Cato yeah, Dominguez. possibly. Um, 
Bruno's definitely a good shout there. Like Bruno is definitely, I think he would be my number two option there. But I think it just has to be Bob Aguilar just because he was incredible with Cholos in early 2018. I want to be a Smurf daddy too. Is everybody ready? Go for it, Amy. Okay, your Liga MX Defender of the Year is Bruno Valdez. Yes! Interesting. Other people, the close second was Edson Alvarez, followed by Aguilar. Then we had Alaya. Somebody said Salcido. Ayala. We had Juninho, Jorge Sanchez, Dominguez with an I at the end, Mares, and then Van Rinkin. We're taking too long. Oh my god. The, uh, the music starts. How, like, <laughs> do we have like 14 awards? <laughs> we still have. Alright, no, there's, there's a time. It's when Turn off the music. That they're going around again. <laughs> Alright, Leah Gamaekis, midfielder of the year. Oh, it's gotta be. Cruz Azul came from Leon. I'm just going my boy. What do you guys think? Uh, Guido Rodriguez. I vote for the music to be turned off. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going with Guido Rodriguez because he. I've been a big fan of him since he showed up to Tijuana, and I think he's the best defensive midfielder in the league. And then after that, maybe Marcone. After that, I was going to say know, Marcone. Victor was. I'll, I'll go with Marcone. There, yeah. Yeah. All right. Everybody, Tom, did you say? Um, yeah, I've gone for Guido Rodriguez as well. Um, yeah, he's been so key to America. In America, I think you know the. They're probably well. We'll get onto the award, but the best team for me over over the twelve months. So, um, and he's been such a key figure, so consistent. Um, Twenty four years old. I mean, if you talk about players that have got the potential to move to Europe, then um, I don't know. I mean, is Guido Rodriguez possibly the number one? If you were to pick one player from this league to make an impact in Europe, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I already got the call to Argentina before. So. Yeah, I mean. He's a good player. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? You ready? Ready? Your Liga Max midfielder of the year is Victor Guzman. Oh, there's a lot of Mexican team fans out there. <laughs> uh, Roberta Morello was. Oh my god. <laughs> Roberto Alvarado was a close second. <laughs> Followed by Diego Lainez, Elias Hernandez, Pizarro, Cesar Ortiz, Montaño, Marez, Aguirre, and Guido Rodriguez. I really thought people would just vote for Diego Lainez for everything, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Oh, there was, there was, he was in some of them. Not all of them, but okay. some of them. All right. This is for the end. Go. All right, Liga Emeki's goalie of the year. I mean, this I is before the final, right? Because it closed. Actually, some people no. It, the polling closed at twelve p.m. Pacific Standard oh. Time, so this was. After. So I would, I would think Chuy Corona would get, would, you know. This, so this, this one was tough because you would think it would be Chuy Corona, but at the same time, he didn't exactly have a strong start to two thousand eighteen. Maybe Marchesin. I don't know. Well, for me, I'll go with Marchesin. It's going to be Marchesin. We got Tom. Marchesin as well. Yeah. Okay, are you ready? Go for it. Okay. Are you going to play the music? 
No? I'm... Oh my god! Not yours, you take me though! We have to write to the song, are we about to get No, it's okay, because we're not doing any copy... We're not doing any, uh... We're not doing it for monetary reasons. No, I wanted the drum roll music. Oh, okay, go ahead, drum roll music. Go, go, go. This is by far the weirdest Mexican soccer show we've ever. You're never gonna be coach. You're never gonna be. All right, guys. Liga MX coach of the year. Wait, I didn't even get to say who the other people were. Thank you so much. Second was Chuy Corona. After that was Barovero, Hernandez, and Gudinho. Wow. Same again. Sorry. Was Chuy Corona. Barovero, yeah. Hernandez. Marchesin, like, was it even close to Chewy? No, not, no. It was Marchesin by a long shot. No, yeah, he's had a, you know, I don't know. He's he's had a good season, hasn't he? And last night, actually, in the stadium, the Cruz Azul have got a, got a little a kind of sound they put on the, on, the, on the speaker system. And all the American fans know. were going, Marchesin. They sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, <laughs> but yeah, no. But he's so popular with the America fans as well, and he's such a presence. And you know, he's not afraid to go to the press and say stuff. I mean, he's slightly crazy as well. So um, mm-hmm. the usual goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought Saliva would have a chance, but weren't for like the six to one loss against America because he had like oh. I, he was oh, wow, he beat, like wow. all the penalty kicks. <laughs> He got all the yeah. penalty kicks. He, he could have had the that. best season ever. <laughs> and then little, what happened in that? He did pretty well. He had three I mean, not bad. to win. Yeah, three, yeah. Like, he ruined the season, like, in 20 minutes. But three before goals. that, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, my so God. So, we have um, the coach of the year. I just love how annoyed that Amy's game. <laughs> The coach of the year. I think Amy's uh, on uh, kid duty, but on the coach of the year, we have. Um, oh wait, no, she's back. Stop playing music. It was an intermission because they were gone. Go ahead, Amy. We got the coach of the year. Who do you guys think? I think Amy's Yoko? gonna leave in a minute. <laughs> yeah, if Amy, if we so if you like push Amy out, we won't get to know any of the answers, and we'll just have to like guess. throw like everything. I'll go the answer like yeah, whatever. <laughs> all right. All right, all right. I mean, you didn't email me the answers, huh? So it's got to be all you. <laughs> Go for it. All right, Coach of the Year, what do you guys think? Uh, Vaxinia. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Vaxinia. By the way, Ivan Pina says that he got cumbia, so he's happy. Vaxinia? <laughs> I'll go with Vaxinia, yeah. Okay. But to Beautiful. be honest, I mean, Patino made like a really – like oh my gosh! Regular no, Adriana is not like Pumas is not going to win anything. <laughs> but don't you think like he did really well despite like the squad? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, he did. I mean, he even did. even uh, Pumas fans were so <laughs> surprised. I mean, they didn't think so highly of the team. It's not uh-huh. the most. It's not. Yeah, I guess okay. No, I think yeah, I think it's uh you know I think it's a decent show. Uh, you know, we usually go for the <laughs> you know the coach who what did he say? That's, oh, what, that's, mesa. that's that's the biggest. Oh, mesa. That's my good buddy Francis from the show's podcast. Don't don't listen to what he's saying. He's oh, the biggest. Oh, 
<laughs> and, and third place could have been like Puente Junior, because let's face it, no okay, one thought Querétaro would make it through the Liguilla. Yeah, there we go. But still, I'll go with Caixinha. Cardoso. I'll go with Piojo. I'm gonna go with Piojo. I'm gonna go with Piojo as well. And I think there are a lot of America fans out there, so he probably got it. Amy's gonna have nightmares. I'm the only one with the answers. Go for it. Amy's face is priceless. You thought you were going to see our reactions on our face, and it actually was a reaction on your face. Ready, 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 ready. Go ahead. Kaishinya. Oh. Yay. My land. My landslide. Can you tell him to stop? Stop. Okay. Ollie said stop. It's actually by a landslide um, that Kaishinya won. I reckon I most people probably voted before the second leg, though. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. All right. And then it was Tuca, Diego Alonso, Hernandez. Oh, yeah, we and... forgot about Tuca. <laughs> and then Ruben Romano. Those are other people that were in the... Ruben <laughs> Romano? <laughs> I mean, if he's there... Then I should be up there too. Did he have, have two so. weeks to Atlas this year, bro? <laughs> if the fan that voted for Romano Marvano is present, please let us know who you are. I mean, Romano <laughs> might be. We want to give you a shout out. He might be listening to the Mexican stock shows. Like, you know what? If these media people talk about it, I might be able to get a job afterwards. You know, oh, he's, uh, I feel a bit sorry for him, honestly. Like, I uh, went to Argentina. Went to Argentina for the Mexico Argentina games. And he's just there. <laughs> he's there, like, watching training. <laughs> <laughs> then on the Azteca pitch last night, he's just there. I don't know why he's there, you know what I mean? He just kind of shows up in places. Like, I think he's just, like, oh. showing his face to try and get, like, a job, you know, to be honest. I feel a bit, feel a bit sorry for him. He's trying to get exposure. I want to look like Ruben Omar Romano when I grow older. Like, he's like a cool guy. I do like, not. With, with a horse <laughs> voice. voice. <laughs> so it's like hard pass. Like, oh. go like sure. this. All right, amigos, that was Liga MX Coach of the Year. Now we got the best Liga MX teams, and it's the men. So I wonder what what you know if it's the best team. Are you voting for your own team? The best thing that you thought. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I would think this is before a lot of people voted before the final. So maybe th- I would think Cruz Azul. What do you guys think? I think it's Cruz Azul because they, I don't know, their finest, the finals of regular season, and they have the Copa Mekis title too. So I think that's not a bad 2018. Obviously, everybody would have wished, or a lot of fans would have wished they would have won the league title. But I don't know. I think that's not that bad to be a finalist in, in the regular season or in the playoffs, and then also have a Copa Mekis title the same year. So I don't know. I, I'll, I'll I'd, go Cruz Azul. I'd put Cruz Azul three. Yeah. Um, you know. I think they've had a you know decent season, decent year, and obviously the, it was a letdown the final. But I'd put Santos Laguna at two because at the end of the day they won the title. It was highly unexpected, and then they followed it up by by reaching the the playoffs again. So I think you got to you got to you got to class that as a a very good year for Santos Laguna. Um, but then you know America, you know for me they finished both regular seasons in second place. They reached the semi final of the Clausura. And they've won, 
the Apertura. So I think for me, it has to be America. I mean, the way they've ended the season, you know, what it's 17 games undefeated. I mean, that is a monumental run to the title. I mean, nobody can, you can't argue against that. It's not like you you kind of had luck to get there. It's like you've been exceptionally good exactly at the right time. And it just feels like Herrera's built, his team just been building to this, to this, you know, the Apertura title. And uh, so I think you had for me, Without any doubt, Club America. I'm going to vote for Cruz Azul. Yeah, yeah, I think I, that's where I kind of voted for Cruz Azul. Also, I mean, in, in as far as the team, and in, I'm looking, I'm looking at the CS. There's a lot of fans that are voting before that final, and uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with making Cruz Azul. And um, we'll also talk about who we think the women's, and we'll do both of them right now, reviewing as soon as Amy comes back. But uh, as far as women's side. I mean, I would think America, no? I mean, or uh, as what people would be voting because of the winning that title. I think for me, it has to be that one has to be Tigres just because they were the the champion, the Clausura, and then the runner up in the yeah. Apertura. And yeah. I think that's 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 pretty impressive right there by itself. Yeah. And they were unbeaten, so yeah, I think it's Tigres for the women's side. Um, I think just a matter of fact, just reaching the final, getting against Monterrey, nonetheless, and then against America with the unbeaten streak until the last minute. <laughs> Um, I think it's it's going to be Tigres for the women's side. And regarding the men's side on Cruz Azul, I just think that many fans are also, um, they appreciate all the restructure that they have with Belize. They had the good reinforcements. Um, for the first time in who knows how many tournaments, they actually had all their players before the, the season started. And I like the fact that they're going to go back to the Azteca. I think they take they appreciate that the project was different than other seasons. So I think it'll be Cruz Azul for the men's side. All right, so Amy, we're doing uh, the Liga MX Team of the Year. America, Cruz Azul, I think most of us said Cruz Azul. Who wins it? For the men's? Yes. And for the men's. America! With the close. Oh, it was close, though. It was really close. <laughs> it was really close. Cruz Azul was in second for this one, so. How did we end up with reggaeton or something? That's not even like... Right, you guys weren't liking the other. So I went. The producer's name, we're changing it up within music, so... With that. I... Rage Against the Machine next, please. <laughs> Just switch it up a little bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, as far as... See, we, did we lose one? Amy coming back? I think she's gone. It's just it's the music. She's, she just keeps coming back. Oh my god, she left us. She's like, I'm out, I'm out. Forget it, forget it on this. Again, they, these were open from Thursday all the way to Sunday, so if uh, all the fans didn't... I think they were starting to regret voting. Voting, like, voting for Cruz Azul. It was like probably Cruz that Azul. point that saying, yeah, maybe not Cruz Azul anymore. <laughs> no, we saw that. It might have been just like, like safe to be like voting for America, I guess. All right. Well, as soon as she comes back, we'll get to the women's side. But the uh, the next award was the Young Mexican Player uh, of the World. And this is overall Mexican soccer c- category. So not necessarily Liga Mekis. Um Young Mexican Player Award uh, announced. And we'll, we'll go ahead and announce the winner. So we got um, of the year, I guess you 20. It's got to be under 20 as far as young. So Diego Lainez. That's 21. Diego Lainez. Still Diego Linus. Yeah, Diego Linus. <laughs> Linus. Linus is my vote. That's uh, definitely the, yeah. the young player there for me. I've, I've gone Alvarado. Alvarado is definitely up there as well. I, I, I think honestly, I think you could you could go either way with both. I think you could make an argument for both Alvarado. Uh, and all right, I'll, I'll make my case for for Alvarado. 
you know, he, he's had a really good season for Nakaxa. Firstly, you know, he's he's, he's you know he's he's great, a really key figure of that attack, and they did quite well, didn't they, Nakaxa last season? You know, they did okay. And then he's moved to a big club like Cruz Azul, you know, big transfer, and he's just absolutely slotted in, and not only just slotted in, but he's kind of shown, you know, he showed himself to be absolutely up to the task as a 20, 20 year old, a 19, 20 year old of making an impact for one of Liga Remix's biggest clubs and really Cruz has spent a lot of money in players and he's looked like one of the best ones in the squad um, yeah obviously obviously, Lainez you know what you're going to say neg- <laughs> neg- negatively about him but the only thing I would say he's not nailed down or he hasn't nailed down that starting spot until later on in the season whereas Alvarado it's almost like the team was not built around him, but he's been such a key figure that I'd I'd give it. That's why I'd give it Alvarado above Liners. But obviously, he's got a couple of years on on Liners as well. Um, and if you think about yeah. the final, I mean, Alvarado didn't do well at all, and and Linus on on the opposite end, he did pretty well. I think he was kind. Of, we all were hoping for him to be actually a, a bit more. Um, help help you off more, I guess. I think, but I think just say this is the final, just get too nervous. I'm like, I'm probably disappointed with the final. Linus was like, no matter where I don't go, but the team in America and then the senior team in America, and hopefully they're saying Europe would be soon. So um, I think Linus would still um, get a bit more credit, probably because of the age as well. Yeah. At the end, a quick question on Linus. What's the latest on the Ajax link? Well, we actually found um, that the Dutch media looked also into what Ajax was looking into. And it, yeah, it's apparently high on the list of priorities. Nothing is set yet. But they do say that um, that Ajax had looked at him, that it's something they're looking into. And they're just looking into like money-wise if they can actually make the transfer. But we also saw Miguel Herrera talking today about uh, whether it would be actually good for his career to go to Europe um, just right now, I mean, he's been 18. He only won his um, his starting spot at America this season. So Miguel Herrera wasn't too keen on yeah. supporting him to go, which is totally understandable, I guess, because of his age. I mean, he could stay at America another year or so. But we also criticize Mexican players for being too comfortable in the Mexican league. So yeah. it might just be a good opportunity for him to take advantage of the Dutch league, being this league that we know that actually prepares young players and try to get um, other clubs to look into him for future years. I would, I would have no problem or doubt saying that Linus can succeed in the Dutch league. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I, I just think, yeah. you know, it's not that much different than the Mexican league. I just think he'll be exposed to different co- different coaching methods. You know, a club, obviously, that is known for producing players, that he went through a period of not producing too many, but once again, it looks like Ajax is back producing top players. Um, and, and just everything I've seen from Linus off the field... Um, has been has been positive. It just it yeah, gives you the impression like that he's yeah. he's just completely at ease with what he's going through. You know, he mm-hmm. doesn't look flustered in any way. You know, mm-hmm. I asked him before before the final, like, how do you, you know, as such a young person, you've got the rumors of Europe, you're playing in the Azteca, you're playing this big final. Like, how do you deal with it? And he was like, you know, this is what I like doing. <laughs> All I'm doing is what I like doing. You know, it's such a refreshing kind of outlook. You know what I mean? To think that you know everything else is you know. What it, what it is, but I, I play a light playing football, um, and it was noticeable after the when he won the trophy. I, we went on the field at the end, and uh, 
you know, he took time out with his family and he took pictures one by one with his family and then all of them together, his mum, his dad, his brother, I think his brother's girlfriend. And, you know, it was just, he clearly is very, you know, family orientated as well. And I think that yeah. if he does move to the Netherlands, for example, I, I assume that like what happened with Chicharito, that his family would also go. And I think that that, that would also be, I don't know, he just seems like he's... His background's pretty strong as well, and a lot of the times with with young players, and especially you know talented young players who are projected to go a long way, you know a lot of the time the family background can be can be absolutely really vital. Yeah. And his story, right? I mean, and we'll go back to the words, but just kind of the storyline, the fact that he was there at the final, watching the final in 2013, uh, in the stands. And uh, I mean, you know, young players, if you're if you have anybody or know anybody, it's like you know there he is watching it. And then there he is playing and making a difference in that final. Um, if you know five years later, it was just—it's awesome to see that th- those kind of stories and how young he is. And and we'll see. Well, we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking more when those when the, the actual news comes up um, and uh, it gets there. But it looks like uh, I even heard you know Cifras of being you know yeah like the highest the highest paid, paid Mexican yeah. player ever. Yeah, I heard yeah, that Univision yeah. coming out with with some stuff like that with the highest paid Mexican player mm-hmm. ever. I just hope it's not the family pressuring, like getting these rumors out to actually pressure the club to let him go. I just hope it's not that because we've known that to happen as well. I think it, I think it'd be the agent rather than the family. But um, my only concern about Ajax is how they're going to pay for him because yeah, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. I mean, this is a kid now. This is it goes back to the old Mexican market thing. But I think Linus is a player who actually goes outside the Mexican market because I don't think any other Mexican club could afford him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like a Pizarro, yeah. you, you know, a yeah. very good talent, a top talent. But I think Linus is beyond that. And you get to that, you know, that Chicharito level where it's kind of like you're above the Mexican market. And I think that's where the, the European clubs obviously come into play. But if you're beyond the Mexican market, Mexican market you'd really be beyond a lot of the, the middle kind of European market as well. I mean, I think Irving Lozano, when he went to PSV, you know, I think Pachuca basically... You know they gave in a little bit. You know they kept a percentage of the of the the sell-on fee, um, and and also you know they, they gave in a little bit and to the to the players' demands. And I'm wondering if Club America will do something similar. I'm pretty sure they'll be keeping the, as high a percentage as, as they can for the sell-on fee in case you know he does in in what five years or something. You know go for sixty seventy million to to you know a, a, a really big club. he's capable of. Could be like a Gutierrez like situation, right? So PSV qualified for the Champions League, they got a little bit of money. I mean, I actually they probably got a little bit of money there for qualifying for the knockout round, right? So maybe perhaps mm-hmm. can he play in the knockout round? Yeah, he if can. He yeah. Knockout, right, he can. Right. That was You're a allowed I was to. I actually allowed to register three new players by February first, so he could mm-hmm. he could potentially face Real Madrid uh, in February. <laughs> That's actually but if Chucky goes to Real Madrid, he can't play. Yeah. Well, yeah. He already took part in the group stage. But I, think that's, <laughs> I think that's a rule that they want to change next year. But, but yeah. But technically, yeah. He, he uh, if he were to go to Ajax over the winter, and if Ajax were to, to uh, make that decision, he could act and, and register him before February. He could actually play against Real Madrid. Just think of the soap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the first thing I thought of too. Like when I first like, started learning about like international soccer, it's like Ajax. I think my mom uses Ajax. Don't use that soap. Use an Ajax. All right. Amy, you're back. Uh, Liga MX team on the women's side. I think uh, Tigres. We said America. Any surprise in there? Or do we get, do we get any other teams before you announce it? <laughs> uh, 
Tigres. Yay. America was a close second, and then the other other team that anybody mentioned was Chivas. Good for you, Chivas fans. <laughs> All right, we were talking about the overall Mexican soccer category, the Young Mexican Player of the Year. Wait, did we, did we forget said, young? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah and we said uh, we said Diego Linus, and then but 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 Tom did say might be Roberto. Alo. Diego Linus with literally every oh, single folks. guess except two. One went to Emily Alvarado, and the other one went to Chucky, because people don't know how to read. Because <laughs> <laughs> it did say U20. So. It was the same guy that put Robin Romano. Romano. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we get to the fun ones. Best official English language team account. Now for this category, there's only four Mexican official English language team accounts, right? Of the Mexican League. Just trying to get there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm already thinking about the other. All right, so uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Club America, even though our friends on the Santos that gives we have great communication with them, but I feel that the Club America. English account. All of a sudden, this year, the way they're tweeting, the content, like uh, uh, the gifts that they're making, it feels like they're speaking our language. Uh, yeah. As far well, as, well, as shout that. out to America for, I mean, because I'm also rooting for this one too. Shout out for them hiring Ted Brooks. I think he had Ted Brooks. Some, yeah, I think he had some history working with the Philadelphia Union before getting the job with America, and he is just killing it i mean it's just like and not only the concept but also the photography too i mean just the yeah. way it's all presented he's yeah, doing gifts. yeah so I, I think it has to be club america i mean but yeah something's yeah. obviously doing a good job can uh, they but, all win because they're, they're, they're making such a great effort it's true it's true it's true Shell's <laughs> could do a little everybody's better. a winner everybody says Shell's could do a little better so so step up your game <laughs> um i would have to say close second santos so I keep doing it, you know, just just an amazing job and the communication that we have there. Uh, but I would go for the newbie that come, came in. What about, what about the national team? What about yeah. them? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I don't think they're in my top. Hey? <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think they're in my top. We'll, we'll work a little better on those. There's only four. <laughs> <laughs> no? There's only four official accounts, no? Five no, with the Mexican national team, right? No, but America, Santos, Tijuana, the national team. No, Cholos. Yeah. He said America, America, America Santos, Cholos, and the national team. We could give a shout out to like we have like fan accounts that are actually tweeting in English. I got like a follow from Tigres English accounts, I think, today. Oh, we yeah. have we have a category for them. Okay, yeah. so cool, cool. No, right, but, so what's yeah. it's a quick one America, but I just think for me it's the tone. You know what I mean? I think it's the it, yeah, it's the nail like on the, the head with the tone. It's like it's cool, you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. yeah, it's like cool. it's kind of thrown out there, it's not like it's not being <laughs> really politically correct, all the not politically correct. It's not like a regular English All right, it's not let's just it's say it's, a, it's, a it's not translated. You're doing yeah, a good it's, job. It's not translated. It's not. Let's come down to it. We can see, and it, I think it's hard. The Mexican, you know, teams have to have somebody that speaks the language that is going to read it instead of just being translated. And uh, you know, and, and you see that already. 
And uh, we feel like sometimes the Mexican national team account, it's, you know, we know that who's either running or using it needs a little bit more on the language and the lingo that people uh, on Twitter or on Facebook talk about. It's not so literal. So I, I need someone like me just to, to work out some, some phrases, you know what I mean? And yeah. down with the youth, you know what I mean? But not, That's but what not, I'm thinking. <laughs> not trying so hard. <laughs> down with the youth. Down with the youth. All right, Amy, who wins? <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of Tom saying down with the youth because I'm in Alright, I'm in wins. Give me it up. Uh, Ted Brooks, if you're. You guys should, should definitely follow Ted Brooks on uh, on Twitter. He's a great, great guy. And uh, he has great content on there too. So we'll have that. Alright, continuing. Can I say that? Wait, can I Go say ahead. that? Can I say the. Um... Oh, yes. Give us the other okay. ones. Give us the other ones. <laughs> Okay, other suggestions people gave in the answers was Cholos. <laughs> Chivas, who doesn't have one. Doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> the same guy that did the, uh, the other one. Yeah, exactly. Just that one amazing. guy. There's this one guy that keeps voting. Look, Max Nation got a shout out. So hey! we'll <laughs> Wait All a right. <laughs> Somebody wrote Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they have a fan account? <laughs> no, no, no. We still, they have a hashtag League of Mackey's English fan account. <laughs> and Atlas is always featured. <laughs> Santos and then Tigres English, but I think they meant the other people. No, <laughs> they meant someone else. The, the porn account is, is what kills me. That's, that's, uh, nice, nice, nice. All right, all right. Um, we'll go with the best League I make. English fan account. So uh, explain this one, Amy. Yeah, so this is basically kind of what Adriana said, like unofficial unofficial accounts, but that are run by fans in English, giving us content for the teams, doing a really great job of it. Um, and then it was whatever anybody submitted. So I can't wait to give the non-answers of this one too, but Lovely. what do you guys <laughs> think for the actual answer? I'll go with Puebla. I know they have a fan account. I think they're doing pretty well considering Puebla's not like in the spotlight usually. That's um, actually, that's actually run by Francisco on the Sholos podcast. Yeah, I'll go with I'll go with Puebla. Yeah, I've got the same as Sessa. The stray goat. Yeah, stray goat. Yeah, man. Legend. Stray goat. Sessa writes the stray goat. That's me. I'm actually Strigo, and I'm actually at Lisa <laughs> uh, Sometimes I'm at Azteca Amelia. Uh, but, uh, you know. um, no, but still, good old Strigo. I mean, he does cross the line a little bit. He's not always kind of like <laughs> PC. Dude, when that guy's depressed, you know it. Yeah. Well, He's just like, like you basically... Go on, Cesar, go on. I'll say back in the day when it was like seven of us talking to each other on Twitter, like about like Mexican soccer, like he was, but he was like, I don't know, like uh, there at that point too. Like it's, it's not like some guy who just showed up recently. So he's been there since like the very beginning of just like Liga Mackey's English Twitter. It continues to be pretty funny and uh, make me laugh the most. So definitely straight. Yeah, I used to love the um, the goal pics of like after the Chivas games are just like the mood. <laughs> he just find a picture of a goal. <laughs> like, I don't know. Nice. I, I'm, a, I'm a simple guy, you know what I mean? Simple pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amy, who wins? I 
Eagle Eye podcast. I was going to oh, say the Eagle Eye podcast. Yeah, oh, no, I guess I'm the Eagle Eye. I guess we're talking the Eagle Eye. Really good job. I guess we're talking about congratulations. Like- I know that they're listening to us right now, so congratulations. I will be accepting the award on your honor since you couldn't be here today, but congratulations. I guess we had two separate like like uh, fan account like categories. If we had one that's just like, fan account that makes me laugh, Strago. If we had a fan account that like keeps us extremely well informed, yeah, probably it would actually be uh, the Eagle, Eagle iPod. They yeah, great that. job on the Eagle Light podcast. Really, really. Uh, there's... Other notable mentions were the Puebla account, Viva Liga MX, the Viva Liga MX. Okay, Uh, Uh, I got a shout out. Gadi got a shout out. Naive got a shout out. Pumas got a shout out. Eldan the man got a shout out. Eldan the man got a shout out. I'll give a shout out to. Paradero boys as well, the Atlas one. Because I mean, those guys. <laughs> you gotta have a real heart to keep going with that one. No, I mean they work. They work really hard. Going until the end with the out. And um, you know they're reporting on on what goes out in the local press and putting together the 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 graphics and all that stuff. So um, so yeah, I don't know. It takes a lot of work. Uh, you know, we so as well, no? Yeah. Um, you know, running your own website and and, and social media accounts is not it's not an easy thing to to do on a day to day basis. Yeah, no, definitely, guys. I mean, all the all, all the fan accounts that are out there, especially in English, from the last you know two years that just brought up from all the podcasts that are coming out. Um, you know, one of the things is you know keep on doing it, uh, not to get you know what we we've, we've been doing, but Mexican Sox show. If you if you look on it on on Google, like two thousand nine, you know, is when the very beginnings of the Mexican soccer show, um, and it's just keep on going because the minute that you don't, somebody else either t- does it and or, uh, or you know, that voice isn't heard. So if you are out there with a fan account or you have an idea of a fan account, uh, we succeed when everybody's talking in English on it. So congratulations to all of you guys that have said that. Um, shout out to El Dan the Man. A great story if you haven't heard. Got a, has a cool little blog uh, from, uh, from another side of the world. And he's usually on the podcast. Lots of people that we met who are um, not necessarily tied into Mexico or watching one, one a game one day and then uh, lo- love what we are doing. So... Uh, lots of lots of cool fan accounts now that we're seeing, and uh, lots of <laughs> funny accounts. Yeah, the straight goat that's out there. Um, I can think of some some other ones that are there that we have. So other cool. other other people that were mentioned were Footmex Nation again, John Arnold, Rob Schneider. <laughs> and... Hey, Rob, Rob Schneider, maybe like last year he was funny. Tons of journalists. Yeah, I know that's a yeah, John Arnold's fan. I'm gonna tweet him now. And then, and, then, and then Tom Harrison too was also given a shout out in that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tom Harrison doing a doing a great great job in all, on all the games and the coverage that's there. So awesome, awesome. All right, moving on. Oh my god! He <laughs> got mixed with the best coach. I'm gonna, a, I'm gonna put a poll up right now. Should we still stop playing the music? Go ahead. <laughs> this is a Mexican song. He says, Uruapan Mexican song. Uruapan Mexican song. You'll always forever hear we still that. Have, we still have categories to go through. Okay, all right, all right. We got best uh, coach of the year. Best coach of the year. Oh, wait, not yet, right? Oh, no. Wait, what are you <laughs> Production, Kai. This is overall. This is overall coach of the year. Yeah, this is overall coach of the year. But 
Okay, I might change mine up then. So, like... Okay. They're changing mine up. So okay. It doesn't matter necessarily Liga Mekis, it could be anything. My, my, my coach of the year, Veronica Vergara. Yeah. What did I say, Veronica? Monica. Monica, yeah. My Veronica. What did I say, Veronica? Yeah. yeah, I think Monica Vergara for, for what she's done with the under-17s, but not just that, just the way she's presented herself. And um, I don't know, I think she's become kind of a... You know, the women's team has obviously had a, a male coach for so many years. Um, and I think Monica, Monica Vergara is kind of... I don't know, she's like... I don't know. She's she's presented herself well. She's obviously very good at what she does. She's, she's you know, the main history in the recent World Cup. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I don't know, somebody who's made history, I think, has to be has to be kind of at the, at the forefront. And I'd say Miguel Herrera as well. Again, you know, I know I've talked about him before tonight, but I'd say Herrera has had a, a really, really great year as well. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I was thinking about it because uh, I was thinking maybe Biojo would, would be up there. But now the more I think about it, I think it would be Vergara for me too. So I, yeah. I think that I'll, I'll go with that as well. Because other than that, like, I mean, you think about some of the other options and it's just... It's, it's been difficult for them to have uh, consistent success throughout all of 2018, whether it be Saboldi, whether it be someone like an Osorio, whether it be someone like Almeida. Azuka, Almeida <laughs> it's hard to find find those coaches with that consistent success. So I think I'm going to, I was thinking with Fiocco, but I'm going to go with Vergara as well after what she did the the U17 World Cup, which I think was extremely impressive. We never, I think we, yeah. Her, yeah. Yeah. We won't find like a coach that has to like has broken any barriers as much as my Vergara. I think it's like the most amazing choice. So maybe not the most popular one, but it should be like, the one that's most worthy of the award. I'm going with the San Jose coach. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yo, hey, oh, uh, the winner is me. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That was the best one in the Mexican soccer show in 2018. <laughs> Winner is me! No! Casino, oh okay? But he won the Liga Mekis one and he won this one, right? right? Sorry, that that's was fantastic. Hilarious. That was yes. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Angel Vasquez said he voted for Monica. It's Woody. It's Woody. <laughs> he opened one of his Christmas presents early. Oh my God. <laughs> this madness would happen. That's why he's the winner. <laughs> what did he get? What did he get? Can you tell us? What Ollie, do you, you want to show them what you got for Christmas? Yeah. Show I'll them. Open. What is this? Woody. Show them. Woody. Wow. There you go. Woody. Dude, that's it's, only, it's only a week early, huh? <laughs> you go out. Right. Nice, nice, nice. Roberto Cordova says, quote of the night, me. <laughs> um, definitely, get, Avery, definitely take that and uh, put that on the, on the video. All right. We'll go with... Uh, I got more Woody. <laughs> Woody wins. <laughs> Woody wins. Mexican. You guys, uh, best you guys Mexican heard the answer, though, right? You heard the oh, answer, wait. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then other. Uh, Monica Vergara was mentioned once, unfortunately, only once, but I agreed. I thought that she should have taken it technically. Um, so we're like erasing all the other votes. <laughs> Patino, Piojo. Patino made it. <laughs> I swear it wasn't me. And then Juan Carlos Estorio got one. Oh, there's that Ruben Omar Romano guy. 
<laughs> okay. All right. On the next one is Best Mexican Abroad. You open this. You were not supposed to open it. <laughs> now we got Amy's. This is a, this is a wonderful insight to Amy's life right now. It's turning into a reality show over here. We're all, we're all the true winners. Amy, 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 who is that? Get him on the show. Get him on the show. <laughs> Get him to present the next award. <laughs> Get him to present the next award. Do it, do it, do it. Is it Best Mexican Abroad? <laughs> um, I mean, Chucky Lozano would. Yeah, I feel like it has, it has to be Chucky Lozano. No, no room for Giovanni Dos Santos? Uh, Mark Fabian. Briseño. I do. I do. I do. I do wonder though if, like, four months down the line, if we're going to be talk about Jimenez as like a potential candidate as uh, you know, the best Mexican abroad. I think Chucky is still the easy, easy, easy leading candidate here. But I think maybe yeah. down the line, Jimenez might might get at least somewhat close. But I think, without a doubt, by some distance right now, it's 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 Chucky. Yeah, I've, I've put down Herrera because I think his consistency, we know now what we're getting from him week in, week out. You know, I think he, he's kind of got that this year. Because previously, he's, I think he's dipped in, in his form at certain moments for his club. But I think now with Herrera, he's kind of hit that level. And obviously, he had a good World Cup. Um, and and I've, I, this is on my notes here, I put Jimenez will be in the mix if he keeps up this form. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, if, if he, the last couple of months, if he keeps that up, then I think. You know, in 12 months' time, we'll be looking at Jimenez and there'll be, you know, the, the only thing, and not to be negative here, but I'd, I'd like a bit more competition, you know. I mean, it's so obvious that it's even Lozano, no? But I'd like at this point, you know, to, to be like saying, you know, to, for Chicharito to be in there, for, you know, yeah. Herrera, for Tecatito, for, yeah. for you know, Ochoa, to, to, for, for Lozano basically to have a little bit more competition. Um, I think if there's one kind of thing that Mexican football needs in 2019, and then what we've, we've been talking about, Edson Alvarez, Diego Lainez, potentially moving to Europe. I mean, it'd be great if those Europe-based players, you know, if a few more players go over there, but also the ones that are in Europe start really, really impacting the teams. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I'd like to see in 2019. Keep it on, also, just really quick, Carlos, I know it's kind of hard for him to really shine when he's a defensive player, but he's already back from his injury, and it looks like he's already doing quite well with Eintracht Frankfurt. And I think if you're, and he wasn't really taking part in the, in the Europa League, obviously because of his injury, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were to re-register him uh, for the knockout round if he really does well there too. So I think that, yeah, it's he, he's not on the same level perhaps as a Jimenez or Chucky, but I think at the very least, it does look like Gato Salcedo is, is, is going to be having a decent season over there in Europe. Yeah, not, not to say that. Defenders can't I mean, look at Rafa Marquez who's had the best Mexican abroad award for so many years. <laughs> so we can say we can say that. But yeah, I would say Chucky Lozano easily, um, just for the year that he had. Uh, and I'm kind of diddle with that, Tom. You know, I would like to see the others kind of be there in the running. Um, yeah. Chicharito had the best month last month, I would say. You know. <laughs> yeah. But it's like one out of twelve. So hey, hey, this is <laughs> the best month out of all of them. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Amy, are we there or we'll? Uh, who wins the they open any more presents while you've been away? <laughs> no, I got reinforcements to show up as well. So <laughs> they're they're manning the presents now. <laughs> you ready? Go ahead. <laughs> Who wins? 
Ready? Chucky Lozano by a landslide. Uh, Jimenez was a, oh no no Guardado was a close second followed by Jimenez um, somebody wrote America not quite sure why <laughs> someone wrote Romano Hector <laughs> uh, Herrera was also mentioned Ochoa Sharin Coral got a shout out and Chicharito oh, yeah. oh interesting yeah, of course Charlene yeah. Yeah. yeah nice 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 job yeah. all right Mexican player of the year. I mean, I feel like the Mexican abroad and the Mexican player of the year might go hand in hand. And that yeah. Mexican abroad, who has done quite well, also scored such a crucial goal for Mexico in the World oh, Cup. Also got an assist. I think it has to right. be but easy, easy, easy lasagna. Yeah. All right, we ready? We ready? Yes. <laughs> This is for Giovanni Los Santos. He didn't get any awards so far this whole time. Tragos amargos for Giovanni. Yeah, I mean, just to quickly with the Chavin Corral thing there, I mean, I think she would have been in the picture to be honest, but obviously with what happened in the World Cup qualifying, yeah. I think that's completely, I mean, top scorer in Spain, it's not, it's a massive achievement. Yeah. Um, but I just I just feel that, you know, obviously with what happened in qualifying and not making the World Cup, I mean, it's not, it's not her fault, like kind of on her own, but I mean, it, it kind of dampens that, that her kind of candidacy. And also Kente Robles as well. Uh, I mean, playing Atletico Madrid, the champion over in Spain, I mean, you know, these are things that, um, it should be noted at least, you know. Again, because because the women's team didn't qualify for the World Cup, it's difficult to kind of give him an individual award. Mm-hmm. But um, but I'd, you know, I'd, I'd point out those two as kind of you know outstanding candidates on the on the women's side. Agreed. Yeah, and I, and I think I'd go if I, if I was to say number two to to Lozano, I think I'd go um, Herrera. Yeah, it's a good shot. It's a good show. Who did you guys say would be your number two player in the World Cup? Mm-hmm. No? I don't yeah. know. That's, that's a very good question. I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, is, is it that far away? That maybe Ochoa I mean, I'd go Herrera or Guadalajara. I would say he was a player of the year, but I would say Ochoa pressed me a lot in the World Cup. So I think yeah. Ochoa might be my second. Yeah. And yeah, did, how much yeah. did was Guardado not being really present after the World Cup because... I mean, after the World Cup. So it's it's kind of funny how it's just like after the World Cup, we just kind of go, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean Guerrero and Herrera, I think, I think because because we know what we, what we expect from them, we know what we're going to get. Where I think from other players, you don't know, you know, like with Irving Lozano, we didn't know what his reaction would be, you know, to go into Holland, you know. We didn't know what he how he'd react to be playing in the World Cup, you know what I mean? And I think that when you're getting those answers for the first time, you kind of, I don't know, I think mentally, maybe subconsciously, it kind of, you know, you, you over-exaggerate a little bit what they've achieved. But with someone like Guardado and Herrera, they've been at the World Cup, we know what they can do, and they did it, you know what yeah. I mean? And they achieved what the standard that we expect of them. All right. And the last category of the nights that we have, uh, Amy had to go. Oh, no, she's back. Here we go. The Mexican soccer moment of the year. I can't think of another one. 
probably one of the best Mexican moments ever, I would think, was Chucky Lozano scoring on Germany, uh, giving us the only Mexican that. soccer moment that actually made an earthquake in Mexico City. In Mexico City. Yeah. Um, definitely rivaled up there with the great goals that we've had before. So, uh, what do you, any, anybody else rival anything else? Um, the only thing, I mean, the final whistle of the Germany game. I mean, you know, being uh, being there in the stadium. I mean, obviously the goal was amazing, but then there was the so yeah. so much tension after that. You know, I mean, you, you, we saw Amy. I think you were there. I mean, you know that that tension yeah. after the goal, and it all kind of like Mexico ahead, Mexico ahead. And then it was like, you thought, yeah, but Germany are going to come back. They're going to equalize, and then they're going to push for a winner. But then to get to the 90th minute and, and the atmosphere when that final whistle went, you know, it's something that you you don't forget, you know what I mean? It was just, it was unbelievable. And to see the Mexican fans who had traveled, you know, so far to 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 be there for, for such a moment, I mean, I don't, know, I, don't know if, I don't know if the goal was the best moment or the final whistle, to be honest. Final whistle, yeah. I mean, I guess as you when you put it back, I mean, Cesar and Adriana, to you guys, was it was it the goal or the final whistle that Mexico beat was, I guess, the best moment. And oh, I get it, Tom. It was better. I would think that the the winning, but I guess like yeah. as far as the moment of joy, because we didn't think it was going to happen when we were watching it. If you're there or if you're on TV, the fact that we were up one zero to Germany to the world champions. This is before anybody thought Germany wasn't even going to be that good. And then it's Chucky Lozano who has who we've been saying this is the time for him to step up. I felt like at that moment I felt, you know, because it was so unexpected to where I'm living at the 80th. But I could see it. I could see it. Adriana, say so. I mean, I, I think yeah. what I what I go back to is I mean, I just go back to like the I don't. Know, there are certain videos that when I'm feeling like bummed out about like I don't know about soccer about life blah blah that I just like go back on YouTube and I immediately Google them just like make myself feel a little bit better like like certain soccer related... I'd, love to, I'd love to have that playlist I'd pay <laughs> I'd pay to see that playlist this is so. the soccer related video yes the, the oh the so- a soccer it's just the soccer related one right other than that other than that it's just it's just the Smiths it's just like a like four hours that's a sad moment um, soccer list but uh, no but. <laughs> the geo goal like i used to like watch that like over and over. I, I i've lost track of the amount of times i used to watch that like geo goal but now like sometimes i'll catch myself and be like you know what i i need to like watch that like chucky goal so like that by far and like that thing is like that's not even like the moment for me for like 2018 that was like the moment for me i don't know like in my life no not in my life like, <laughs> <laughs> the last few years he surpasses that goal from from like uh from Balaguilad against the united states like that surpassed that for me but i think I okay think are we ready yeah it has to be that goal. are you ready go yes. ahead juki lozano's goal or the win versus germany same thing yeah. Is that another lawsuit for us? <laughs> some of the no, funny no, no. mentions were, or not funny mentions, but somebody said Edson's two goals. Um, that was obviously <laughs> after the final. <laughs> somebody said Puma 6-1 loss. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, somebody said the U-17 getting... Getting second place. Uh, somebody said Tigres beating Toronto. This was my favorite one, though. This one was submitted December 11th, and they said Cruz Azul winning the title. Oh. 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 
Oh, oh, wait, wait. oh wait, this is my second favorite one. My second favorite one was Cristante choking. <laughs> what was it? Uh, Cristante choking Piojo. Somebody wrote that in the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yep. All right, guys. Surprises at all? I mean, I mean we kind of. Well, Ollie definitely did have a surprise. Yes, me. <laughs> saying that, that's all, guys. All right. Thank you. First, I want to thank Amy. I know there was a lot of a lot yeah. of work putting all this together with the Survey Monkey and all the all big this time. Stuff. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, You're Amy. welcome, Amy. I, ha- I, ha- I have to go check now. Make sure no Christmas presents were open. <laughs> this is what happens. Is the sacrifices that you give, Amy. Thank you so much for jumping on. And all of you guys, thank you for being patient and, and the technical difficulties we had from the very beginning with the sound that I didn't know it was playing. It wasn't playing in my headphones and, and all of that, the other sounds in the internet. I want to thank all of you guys that are stuck with us almost for two hours. <laughs> um, and uh, with, with this, you know, it's it's been a great year, a World Cup year, uh, the highs and the lows. But the one thing that we all know is that Mexican soccer keeps going. Uh, and it doesn't stop. And as long as it's there, we'll, we'll continue to give you guys, um, uh, you know, at least our moments to add to your opinion. playlist, Caesar. Don't worry. Yes, yeah, we'll do I'll, that. I'll just, yeah, there you go. Um, really quick, what's coming for 2019? Don't worry, Cesar. How many days until the until Liga Mekis starts well, all over have, again? We have to wait a full 18 days. If 18 you guys, days. If you guys can survive that, the full 18 days before the start of the next season. <laughs> Uh, I've considered, there's a hip hop documentary that my friend recommended. I, I think I'm gonna watch that. I think I'm gonna rewatch the entire <laughs> like just all this seasons of, of The Office and rework my power rankings of the of the characters on The Office. <laughs> it's a very very controversial Creed, Creed number one. Creed. What was not? Uh, no 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 no. It's definitely Dwight. Dwight's number one. Creed. Dwight by far is number one. We have to rework that. Keep okay. it on that. Let guys. us know. Let us know. Let, let us know. Let what us happens know. to me when I'm not watching oh, soccer? It's quite funny because even. Because when we see each other, we saw insisted the a different <laughs> taste. Let's say no. <laughs> let's not get into music or beer or you know stuff like Cesar that. Cesar and I are very very different. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny. We love each other, but they're, but they're definitely very different. Yeah. <laughs> we find about everything. We're totally we're completely different. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing we know is that there we were. You know, I'm sure playing for Mexican national teams. Um. Yes, two weeks, a little bit off. We will are we'll have a show right before the uh, <laughs> the season starts. I think it's around the third or the fourth, the Thursday before. So definitely, we'll we'll, we'll start to preview that season. It's already there. Tom, what are you gonna do in these uh, eighteen days with no Mexican soccer, which means no work? Eighteen days. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know really. We're being what mainly. I, I was so, thinking of how probably. Maradona couldn't have like like couldn't answer a question after the game. He was like, "Uh." <laughs> <laughs> I was actually gonna I was gonna say heavy booze, but then I thought probably not. Probably shouldn't say it, but no, but you know, it'd be good. It'd be it's good a Christmas. show for the ages. We had it. the word Pornhub was mentioned. <laughs> like, it's okay. We, we almost we, went, it's almost two hours into the show too. I can't believe uh, that's crazy, man. I can't believe. Yeah, it's good, good to have a little break, to be honest. Be good to have a little break and uh, chill out, watch some other leagues. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I don't know, and and kind of be a bit less intense in the work and be like not traveling around as much. You know what I mean? It's all yeah. it's all good the traveling and all that, but it's good to good to kind of be in the same place for a few weeks and just be like chilling out and play a bit of PlayStation. Yeah, see, that's... FC. I'll be there. Oh, 
gotta get that we gotta get that friendly against Chilaquilas FC, Tom. We're we're rebranded. We rebranded, we're Chilaquilas FC now. <laughs> My team Michelada FC is coming in. It's playing one day. One yeah, day. Anyway, I'm going. Tom, thank you so that much. Time. I'm sure it's about that time. See you, see you later, Tom. Adriana, what are you gonna be doing for the next two weeks? I'm hoping I get a, a classic Nintendo for Christmas, so I'll be playing that in case I do get it. The NES, like the yeah, the, like, yeah, like the one that has like Doctor Mario, and like Mario can only go like one way in the screen. That's the okay. one. Yeah. Whoa, well, that's the Atari because the Doctor Mario was like yeah, it was like a Tetris uh, kind of thing. No, no, no. Tetris. All right, yeah, all right. I see, I see Mario. the regular yeah. NES, the little NES. tail, like the raccoon tail. Nice, nice. Well, that was uh, Mario too, right? No, Mario 3. That was Mario yeah. 3 with the Rook. It was 3. It was 3, yeah. Nice, 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 nice. All right. I'll be, uh, yeah, I'll be enjoying some time off. So uh, I know that, uh, you know, there's there's going to be a lot, lots. 2019 is going to be, again, a great, great year for Mexico. There's five games that are already coming up. I think San Diego was already mentioned in March. I know Dallas, for you guys who are still watching, I hear there's Atlanta and also um, the 49er Stadium over there in San Jose. And there's one more that they're trying to. So keep an eye out. I'll try to see if I can get all five games. And then we have a Gold Cup. Um, on top of that, um, uh, keep an eye obviously, the Women's World Cup. I think that's going to be very, very exciting to see how that happens. And I see Mexican, uh, the team, the women's team also, Mexican women's team will be playing some games against important people and friendlies. I know I think the U.S. was already mentioned on the women's side. Yeah, Mexico it's, it's, versus U.S. It's- it's amazing how the U.S. gets to announce everything that Mexico is doing before Mexico actually <laughs> yeah, does. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I, was playing, I think it's May or something. I, yeah, yeah, I think it's before the World Cup. Cool, cool, Sadly. cool. So, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Good to have a, a couple of a couple of weeks off. So, guys, thank you so much for staying. And uh, for all of you guys, Sissy Lou, Luis Martinez, Francisco Velasco, Roberto Cordova, El Dan the Man, all of you guys that have stayed to this long. And if you're listening still on the iTunes podcast, Thank you. Uh, that's, uh, that's quite the on the on the fan side. So the achievement. The achievement. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I'll let Mr. Cesar close us out for 2018. We'll see you guys in 2019. I Cesar? Just, I just want to say thank you to everyone. Thank you to everyone who's watched our episodes, who follow us on Twitter, who read our articles, who read all of our content. We, I mean, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you guys. So it's just a, a huge, huge, huge thank you to all of you. And hopefully uh, we'll have a very exciting 2019 in Mexican soccer. There we go. All right, guys. See you all next year.